And now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. Seven fifty-five is real with David O'Brien and Eric O'Flaherty is on the air now. Welcome back to Seven Fifty-Five is Real. I'm David O'Brien, Braves writer at the Athletic. I'm with my co-host Eric O'Flaherty. What's happening, Eric? Not much. How you doing, Dave? I'm exhausted, utterly exhausted, tired. So if anybody, if I misspell or mispronounce somebody's name today. It's because I got an hour and a half of sleep, 5 a.m. Uber, 7 a.m. flight, came home, all hands meeting with the athletic online, and no time to do anything except jump on this. You know what you're describing is the AAA travel schedule. You got a pitch today, <laughs> all right? And it's on your baseball card. But you don't have to think, at least. Shit. <laughs> I'd much rather have to think than try to, like, physically performing when you feel like that on... You know, no sleep and getting up at 5 a.m. Because it's basically the, yeah. they basically do that travel day you had. Get to the hotel, you might get a little nap right yeah. now, and you're at the park at 2 o'clock. And they got to fly commercial too when they fly. Yeah. I, I don't think people understand. And, and, and then on top of making no money, I mean, they're making a little bit more now with that union they have. But before that, it's not even a living wage for most of those AAA guys. Yeah. I remember this time I was rehabbing with, with Oakland and. You know, sometimes you fly on your own schedule, sometimes you don't, but I hopped on the team plane, and Barry Zito was uh, just giving it one last stab, and he was he played that whole year um, with the AAA team for Sacramento, and I'm walking to the back of a Southwest flight, and I see Barry Zito <laughs> sitting in a middle seat, squeezed between two ladies, and I'm just like, man, oh, if I hit that point, I'm, I'm going home, but I've really respected that you know, he wanted to play bad enough that he kept sticking it out. That's why it's amazing when we did it. We had the story on the, uh, the, the AAA guy that had been AAA like a decade, you know, a couple of years ago. Yeah. The guy that made it, that finally made it to the yeah. show again. And then this year, I think, I forget the team that had a, another guy like that that debuted at like 32. Mm-hmm. And I think the Pirates I'm did. Just a, yeah, Pirates. I'm amazed that a guy can play minor league ball. I mean, obviously, he's got to have a very accommodating wife, yeah. significant other to help, especially if you got kids or anything. But I don't know how you could keep that up for a decade, living like that, that grind. Because young guys, you know, you, the grind you're talking about, physical with the flights and all that and the bus trips and the early, early, very little sleeping on it's a little easier for young guys, but the yeah. guys getting up around 30, man, I don't know how they well, do it. Well, especially that's, the guys with true love of the game. You got money in the bank. Barry's made like 100 something million. Like yeah. you sitting in the middle seat between two old ladies on a Southwest flight at 5 a.m. on your way to Reno or somewhere to pitch in 115 degree weather and maybe get shelled. It's like what? <laughs> I was like, man, I really respect that you want it that bad. But I mean, for me personally, I didn't. Once. Once it came, that was probably what I needed to do at the end of my career was go back to AAA, iron some uh-huh. things out and experiment a little bit and find my next kind of thing. But I was like, man, I can't. I don't have it in me to do that again. 
Yeah, it's impressive, man. That's true love of the game. Yeah. Um, the Crash Davis syndrome there. Well, Braves had a, ended up having a, uh, a decent road trip that started off miserably with uh, some really sloppy ball and getting swept in Toronto. But I thought they righted the ship pretty well in, uh, in Texas and won two out of three against a team that came in with the exact same yep. record as the Braves and leading the AO West. Texas has got a good team, man. they got a good lineup. Uh, the Braves f- faced and beat Ivaldi last night. And Ivaldi had the longest scoreless streak in the majors, the longest since last year. Uh, Braves stopped that in the second inning. Rosario hits a two-run jack and stopped his scoreless inning streak at 29 and two-thirds. Uh, Ivaldi went seven innings, and the Braves and the Braves won the game last night with you know with the worst start of the year probably from Strider, or you know second worst I think. He only went four innings. Yeah, well he, I could see in the first inning. I always look at his first inning when when he throws a fastball right down the middle, and uh-huh. it gets fouled off. Versus when they swing through it. You know, when he's getting swing and misses on his fastball in that first inning, you can tell he has a good yeah. one. And it's like if you could place a late bet that he's getting his eight or nine punches at that point when you see that yeah. fastball out of him. But yesterday they were able to foul it off a lot. You know, Garcia got a hold of a couple. Um, yeah. It, I don't think he had his fastball yesterday. And it's funny for me, I always watch games or, or read comments and he gets criticized for location, but he throws fastballs down the middle all the time. They just when he yeah. doesn't have his velo, it happens to get hit. But when he has his velo, it doesn't really matter where he puts that thing. Yeah, it was five innings, not four. He went five innings, gave up Strider. That is six hits, four runs, three walks, seven strikeouts. So now he finally had because he had the streak of nine games with nine strikeouts, and then after the, he lost that one, he had a game with eight. So they made the streak the long with eight strikeouts. So I was kidding with Justin last night. Or like in another month, it's going to be the long, <laughs> longest streak of five or if more strikeouts. they put it at five, he's going he's gonna to set a record. <laughs> so he got seven last night um, and gave up two run, uh, or gave up two homers, both to Adolis Garcia. as the first guy that's hit two homers off of a strider in his brief career. But, yeah, that's something to hang your hat on, man. Not only did he hit two homers off strider, he hit him in back-to-back innings. Yep. That's hard to do against strider. Both opposite field, too. Yeah, yeah, and one of them was out, looked like it was out of the zone. Mm-hmm. Oh. Went out and got That's it. That's what I mean. Yeah. You don't see anybody. He just didn't have his fastball yesterday. You don't see anybody get on top of his fastball when it's above the zone, you know, let alone in it. Yeah. Yeah, he let off the fourth inning with a, with a homer and hit a two-out homer in the fifth inning. Uh, and they got all they got four runs in those two innings. They, got th- they had a three-run inning against Strider in the fourth. They came back, retired the first two guys, Strike out a ground out in the fifth, and then the Dulles came up again and homered again before he struck out the fourth guy in the inning. So, I mean, he finished strong except for the Dulles' Jack. Yeah. But uh, meanwhile, Ivaldi goes seven innings, gave up five hits, three runs, two walks, five strikeouts, and he also gave up two homers to uh, uh, Rosario. And then, of course, who else? Acuna. Man, Acuna had a home run in four consecutive games to finish this trip. He had a, he homered in every game in Texas. Last night he hits one four twenty five, and for him that's like become like a fence scraper. Yeah, he didn't get it. He no. just missed it. <laughs> and then he just missed Previous, one in the you know late in the game. I thought he did it again. Yeah, he had two others to dead centro like four ten that uh, I thought were gone. Yeah, he had a four hundred six foot out. Yeah, and. Uh, but yeah, he uh, the previous two nights his home runs were 454 and 455 feet. 
So, I mean, it's just getting... People are... People, we're all grasping for words to describe what he's doing right now. And last night after the game, um, Strider's like he's the best player I've ever seen. I'm just so glad he's on our team. And Riley said, the guy, what he's doing is incredible. He said he's doing everything. Uh, I was talking to Ozuna about him actually a couple of days ago because I talked to Ozuna uh, on the day that he got his 10th year of service time, which is a pretty big deal. I don't think people realize how big a deal that is, how few guys that get to the majors get 10 years of service. That, that's the goal. But it, yeah, I, a lot of guys say – you know, a lot of guys want to get rich and everything, but as far as like baseball goes and sticking around in the game, every single player wants to hit that ten-year mark. I mean, that's that's the that's like goal number one. And it's a really small percentage. That ten percent. Yeah, ten percent of of guys that that have a day in the majors ever get to ten yeah. years of service time. Um, cause I mean, it's ten years of one hundred and seventy-two service days a year. It's like uh, you can't get in, you can't get a hurt a whole lot unless you go on the sixty-day IL when you still get service time. But yeah, the regular IL, the regular IL, you can't get on there a whole lot, or you're gonna have to go thirteen, fourteen years to get your ten. Yeah, well, that's what most guys have to do too. That's why the ten's such a big deal because you got to scrap yeah. together. Usually, you're gonna have a couple partial seasons, and then your last season, you're gonna get released a little early or something like that. Yeah. So it's you know, it takes thirteen or fourteen seasons of stats. Yeah. And the guy will be just cracking 10 years. Or a guy like Moylan. Moylan didn't get to 10. You felt like he played for 20. You know? Right. So it's really, it's a, it's a big deal for pretty much any player that gets there. And most guys get partial year, the first year too, when they get called yep. up. First couple so, usually, you know, you're, you're getting sent up and yeah, down. Yeah, exactly. Some guys, two or three years yeah. before they get established. So yeah, the, long, the, the baseball reference page is like 15 years to get 10. I had six, seven, but, and eight on record, you know, stats for those major league seasons. So if you check my baseball reference page, it would say I had three three seasons in the majors. But at that point, I only had like half a season. In my first full right. season was 2009. But I had three years in the majors before that just to rack up that right. year of service. So so he gets the 10 years of service time. And I was talking to Ozuna that day about, uh, and he was saying it's huge, huge, you know, to get there. It, it was so big for him. Um, and it's not like he needs the money, no. obviously. But... For most guys, I mean, that don't make that kind of cash, that's kind of nice to know that full pension's coming at the end. Yeah. No, no matter what happens between now and then. Yeah. That full pension is awaiting you at that. It's a pretty considerable pension too, by regular working man standards. Yes. Yeah. Well, it's it's like it goes up every year. You don't take it, but a lot of people don't know that. Right. Even if you get like social security. Yeah. If you even if you get nine and a quarter or eight and a half. It's pretty close yeah. to that full pension. It's not like a magic threshold. Right, right, It's right. really just about, yeah, I think it's about kind of more clubhouse and, and player right. respect. When you hear a guy has 10 years in yeah. baseball, there's just a level yeah. of respect that comes with it. Like, there's no fluky way to get to 10. Some guys can fool him for a year and then, you know, leech two years yeah. off of that one good year and then get, like, bench player roles and stuff and get to five. But if you get to 10, it's what? official. When, when I was covering the Marlins and Jim Leland was there, another Jim Leland story. Uh, Jim loved Cangelosi. He had John Cangelosi in Pittsburgh, so he brought him. Yeah, you know, he came. Signed, they signed him again with the with the uh, Marlins. And uh, Jim told Cangelosi because Cangelosi, you know, he was a little dude, but he could fly for most of his career. But as he got as he got older, he couldn't fly anymore. And, uh, you know, he couldn't do a whole lot at the end. And Jim told him, but he's still a great clubhouse guy and plucky guy. You could stick in there, you know. Dude, here and there, and playing. Jim told him, <laughs> half seriously, Jim said, Kanji, 
I'm going to carry it till you get your 10 years in mid mid season. And on, after that, you're on your own. Cause I can't, I can't, I can't justify it to the general manager. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's pretty much what the Braves did for me. I mean, you could have picked any joint in my body and found an injury, uh, injury if you did an MRI, but they, they basically just let me kind of hang out and experiment off the mound, see if something magical happened. And once I hit 10, they brought me in and, Doctor looked at me. He's like, you feel all right? I was like, yeah, I'm fine. He goes, okay. And then, you know, sign that you're healthy and peace. I left that day. <laughs> so, uh, uh, so yeah, I was talking to Azuna about, uh, about uh, Acuna. And because Azuna's played with some guys, you know, in Miami. He had Yelich uh, uh, in Miami. Played with the guys in St. Louis. Uh, I mean, he's, he's been around some damn Stand- good players. Yeah, he's uh, he's played with some guys, and uh, he said, because he was talking about himself, he said, you know, uh, I, I said, you know, the guys that have stuck with you, seems like they've stuck with you through all the trials and tribulations, you know, that Ozuna's gone through, self-imposed in the last few years, uh, off the field stuff, and then on the field, slumping. And he said, yeah, they have, they because they slump. Sometimes they, everybody slumps, you know, as you goes, um, you know, you have a bad day. Everybody has a bad day. I've, you know, he's talking about uh, the, uh, the, putting together his swing and all that, how he's feeling, finally feeling better and all this. And uh, and I said, and, and Acuna was sitting over there at the time in a corner about you know, 20 feet away from us. And I said, he don't have a bad day. And he goes, no, he don't have a bad day. <laughs> he goes, if he does, he said he'll express himself or he'll say, he say he's, he's said, I'll do it tomorrow. And then the next day he has a home run and a stolen base. He said he has amazing talent. For me, he's got the really heavy accent, you know, so I'm not going to try to repeat that. But he said, for me, he's one of the best. There's not too many people can express themselves like that. In other words, say what they're going to do and do yeah. it. Um, he said, I, I say, I'll do it tomorrow. Or during the game, he'll say, I missed on that at bat, but the next at bat, I'm going to walk him. That's what he says for hitting a home run off a guy. He said, and then he'll come up to me and say, I, and, and then he did it. He did it in Toronto. He said, and he'll come to me and say, I told you. He said in Toronto, he missed in a bat against Kikuchi mm-hmm. and said, and said, I said, I got it. And, and then the next at bat, Homer. Or before the game, uh, it was another guy who did he say? I, can't, I couldn't understand what he said. He said, he told me, hey, stay easy and you'll spot him because uh, Ozuna had a bat at bat against him. And he'll say, I'm going to walk him. Watch. And then next thing he does, he, he did it. And he said, I told you so. <laughs> he said, he said, just stay easy and you'll hit the ball. I mean, it's just and then he looked, it's not surprising. That's when he looked in the dugout. That's when Acuna looked in the dugout. TV showed him looking in the dugout and said, I told you. Yeah. He said to me, Ozuna said to me, he's amazing. I said, is, uh, is he as talented or more talented than anyone you've played with? He said, he's more. The other one who said was really good, he shut it down a little bit because he's ha- maybe having a problem with his back, is Yelich. He said he might have, ha- have a problem now. He doesn't let, let him continue what he was doing what he was doing earlier, he said, but for me, he's real good too, an amazing hitter. When he's locked in, it don't matter who's pitching, lefty or righty, position player, it don't matter, he don't care. He said, that, that, that's what Acuna's like. Uh, Mickey was gone long before uh, Azuna got there, so he didn't. He wasn't comparing him to him, but I said, is he right there with Mickey talent-wise? And he goes, yes, for me. He said, Acuna's the best, no doubt. I mean, it's, it gets harder to argue that. I'm not arguing in the first place, but – Whatever your argument is that, that this isn't, you know, besides Otani, because he doesn't count, but that this isn't the most talented player in the game. I mean, it's yeah. every day he gives you I mean, something else. 
and, and watching him play now healthy, I mean, he's now healthy. He's more durable and healthy right now than he was before the injury. Because yeah. if you remember, before the injury, he had little nagging stuff like the year he was going to go 40-40. He strained a hamstring at yeah. the end of the year, and that's the only thing that kept him from going 40-40. Well, this year he's had nothing. And when he did, it was really minor. That was like, uh, you know, out of the game for a few innings. Yeah. I mean, he's playing every day and coming back from some things that looked like they would have put him on the IL. Yeah, he's, he's moving so well. The only thing you worry about him, with him is just physical contact. Crashing into a fence, getting hit by a pitch. Right. Some of those times when he goes into first trying to beat out a single. But, right. I mean, his, Steps around. His, it's such a long season and he plays so yeah. hard. You got to wonder if something – you hope nothing happens because – if nothing happens and he plays, say, don't even say 162, say he plays 158 games, mm-hmm. 155 games. If he plays that many games, this guy's going to go like 30 or 40 homers and like 70 stolen. Is there bases, anybody in man. that club? No. 40, 50, or 40, 60? No. No, he would be alone in that. I think, you know what? The, he, the cool thing about if he accomplishes that. They could be alone in 30, 70. Yeah. I think the cool thing if somebody accomplishes that is we know how good he is because you're watching him every day. But when you do something like that, that stat makes it official and it puts the whole league on notice that nobody's ever done this before. So, right. you know what I mean? Of all the players. Stats will really emphasize something like that. That you're that would just confirm what I think I'm seeing if he does something like that. So, right now in Fangraph's war, Acuna is first in the majors at 2.4. Sean Murphy is second in the majors at 2.3. And then it goes down to a couple of guys, Simeon and Wander Franco are tied for third at 2.2. Then you go down to 2.0. There's nobody at 2.1. You got a, you got a couple of guys, Xander Bogarts, Yandy Diaz at 2.0. And then it drops to 1.9. Jo, uh, Jonah Haim, I don't know how to pronounce his name. Jonah Haim, the, the Texas catcher who's damn good. Man. Yeah. So, uh, and then Matt Chapman at Toronto at 1.8, Paul Goldschmidt at 1.8. But what I'm saying is the Braves have the top two war guys in all of Major League Baseball. So, I mean, that's that's a good reason why they've kept this record despite all the injuries, you know, because they've had guys out, key guys. But you've got two guys in the middle of that order that are, are top of the order, in the middle of the order, that are just – and at, at, at important positions, too, that are playing great Up defense. Up the middle, Yeah. Which maybe that helps their war, you know, being a catcher. and Well, not now for Ronald's in right, so that wouldn't. Right, but he's got a four four assist. Yeah. Outfit assist. Yeah, and he almost got another I mean, one yesterday. Um, so, yeah, it's that's that's pretty damn impressive, man. That's, but they were, they were both OPS and, you know, over 1,000 as of a couple of days ago. I, hadn't, I didn't look yesterday, but uh, Murphy's fallen off just a little bit, but not much. I mean, it's uh, pretty damn impressive, man. I wrote today about Olsen's streak, or about his slump and and his uh, and strikeout totals. I talked to him. I talked to him about it yesterday, and he said it's unacceptable. You know, it's not. He goes, you can't do, you can't produce the kind of stats. You can't produce the way you want to do striking out like that. He goes, it's stupid high the strikeout rate, and he's trying. And he's they're working to fix it. His hands have gotten too high in in, in what in his stance. He's got his hands up too much. Um. And that's what he and Sites have been working on for the past week to get him down. He got some good results in one game a couple of days. He had three hits in two games. Had a couple of hits in one game. It was his first multi-hit game in a long time. Um, 
But then yesterday, you know, 0 for 4, struck out twice looking. Um, he's got 60, 60, uh, 63 strike. He's on pace. He leads the majors in strikeouts. He's on pace for 237 strikeouts, dude. As high, he said last year, he said as high with 170. That's almost 40% higher than as high that he said last year. It'll level out. You yeah, know? I mean, it's, it, I mean, it's just a slump. It's, it's it's hard for me to get too worked up over the ups and downs because I went through them so many times. And yeah. you, like, and he's a slump, he's a guy that's like Justin Upton. You know, when Justin Upton was locked in, there's yeah. nothing you could do against him. And then you could face him a month later yeah. and throw a fastball right down the middle, and he's just off and he pops it up. You know, I mean, it's it's a good thing that so much of it's up to to Olson. You know, it's not like they found a hole he can't hit. It's because right. when he came out of spring training, there was nothing you could throw him. He was the best hitter in baseball yeah. in spring training, just about. Yeah. His numbers were off the charts, and he kept doing that for like a week and a half into the season. And then it just, whoo. Yeah. But he has he had a slump like this at the end of last year, remember, for a whole month. Yep. And then he got it going again at the very end of the year. So He'll find his uh, way out of it. But, uh, but, but the crazy thing, as bad as he's, as the slump has been, he's still got you know ten homers, thirty ribbies. Uh, the OBP is still high because he's drawing so many walks. He's third in the majors in walks and first in strikeouts. That's some boring <laughs> so, at bats. <laughs> yeah. So, but as a result of all that, he's third on the team in WAR now. Albeit it's a significant drop from one two, but he's third on the team in WAR right now in F WAR with uh, with Fangraphs at one point He's 55th in the major, but he's right there tied with uh, Vladdy Guerrero Jr. Um, and Shohei Otani's only 1.1, two spots ahead of him. See, I can't decide what would be better to be throughout a season. is extremely hot where you can put the team on your back and carry them for weeks at a time, and extremely right. cold where you're just worthless and somebody else needs to step up, because I think somebody else almost always does. Or just a, the same guy the whole year. You know, we're... The numbers are the same at the end of the season, but sometimes I feel like the guys that can get yeah. so extremely hot that that their numbers wind up climbing to a certain point that it feels like they didn't perform like that. But you forget how like Upton. Like Upton, I feel like the guy that can just get so ridiculously hot that he can win games for two weeks at a time, three weeks at a time, and then you know somebody else better step up for two or three weeks. Sometimes those guys are good to have. Yeah. It's tough to go through as a player and watch as a fan. You know, nobody enjoys it, but I don't think it's a bad thing if, as long as he can continue to get as hot as he does. Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service at any time. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. 
Looking for an assist with your credit card but can't get a hold of anyone? Luckily, with 24-7 U.S.-based live customer service from Discover, everyone has the option to talk to a real person anytime, day or night. Yep, you heard that right. You can talk to a real human and customer service anytime. Sounds like a real game changer if you ask us. Make the right call and get the service you deserve with Discover. Limitations apply. See terms at discover.com slash credit card. Yeah, I mean, there's not many guys that are so steady, and 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 Freddie was kind of a little of both. Freddie didn't have long slumps, although in the in recent years he had a few longer than he used yeah. to. He used to never slump for more than like five days. Yeah, and he had some he had some two week three week slumps in the last few years, but his highs have been higher than they used to be too. Yeah. So he didn't used to be quite as streaky as he's as he's gotten now. He's still incredibly steady by comparison to a lot of hitters of his ilk, but, uh, I mean, even like Trout just broke a slump, uh, broke a, uh, homerless drought yesterday of like two weeks. Yeah. I mean, even Trout goes through it, you know, but, um, I should say, uh, of, that was the, the third highest position player war on the team because Spencer Strider is 1.8 according to fan graphs, which is what sixth among pitchers. Yeah. Um, uh, just behind Zach Gallen. Ivaldi, Kevin Gaussman, Sonny Gray, Zach Wheeler. Those are the tops ones. Spencer Strider. Not the names you would expect to see up there, really. No, a lot of guys. All the older guys are getting hurt. Yeah. 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 Except Charlie. All these guys below. (laughs) All the guys below and the Garrett Coles and and uh, and uh, Framber and Clayton. Yeah. Yeah. Where's Charlie on here? Anyway. Yeah, so Otani, I guess you have to count. You have to add him up. But Otani's been getting shelled lately as a pitcher. Has he? Yeah, he's not He's not pitching great this year. Anyway, um, so, yeah, it was quite the, it was quite the show that, uh, that uh, Acuna put on for, you know, a Texas crowd that hasn't seen him play much, you know. And he had another stolen base yesterday. He had a home run and a stolen base yesterday. I mean, right now the guy's leading the National League in, in stolen bases with 18, um, which ranks in the majors. I think, yeah, he's second in the majors behind. I mean, he's just – it's crazy what he's doing. He's good. he's uh, leading the National League with 18. Next in the National League is Bay from Pittsburgh, that one-time Braves prospect who never actually was under contract because he was one of the uh, group that got – uh, that when they got when when oh when all the trouble with all the free agents that yeah, all yeah. became free that all the uh, international free agents that were signed and they nullified all those deals when they suspended or banned copy for life. He was one of the guys uh, the, that they had brought to us and introduced us to him to us in the dugout one day, but they didn't actually sign him like they did all the Latin free agents. He was about to sign, so his contract never, never actually got signed. But anyway, he's become a pretty good player with uh, Pittsburgh this year. He's kind of, he's the only guy of that group that's even done anything. Everybody's so worried about losing all those guys. He's the only one that's done anything. How many did they lose? Of all those seven guys. Oh, seven. Yeah, I mean, what? I'm sure they were a little bit more above average than your basic minor leaguer, but one out of seven. I mean, that's like the normal rate for what you're getting a prospect to hit on. If you take a yeah. team's top ten, how many of them turn into regulars? Three? Yeah. Yeah. 
Two? At most. One? Yeah. 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 Sometimes none, sometimes three or four, you know, but on average, I would say like two position guys. Yeah. Turn into regulars. I have to do the research, but I would guess. Um, so, yeah, he's, uh, he's, uh, he's leading the National League in, in uh, stolen bases, and that is second in the majors behind uh, Ruiz from uh, Oakland, the center fielder. And home runs, Acuna, is now got his 11th yesterday. He's tied for sixth, tied for fifth in the majors, or tied for sixth in the majors in home runs, but he's only behind Alonzo, Muncy, Adolis Garcia after his two yesterday. Luis Robert is finally putting together a good year with the White Sox. And uh, Patrick Wisdom of the Cubs is having a really surprising year. That's like he's having one of the most surprising years in baseball. Um, that dude with Wisdom Yeah, he's with a good Cubs. player. Yeah, he's hitting – he's only hitting 238, but he's got a 913 OPS. Dude's got 12 bombs, uh, 23 ribbies. Yeah, he's having a good year. So anyway, Acuna is uh, uh, OPS. OPS is uh, leading the majors. Acuna, right now leading the majors, thousand fifty OPS, batting three forty five with a four thirty seven OBP. Right now is your MVP, man. Oh, right yeah. now, we're just over a quarter of the way into the season. He's your MVP. If he did this all year, there's no point in even having a vote. I <laughs> just hand him the trophy. There's nobody close. I don't think in the National no. League. To, I mean, to what he's doing. I saw this so stat the other day. Um, or maybe it was today. Batted balls hit at 105 plus so far this year. Yeah. Acuna has 47. The next closest guy is Devers and Vlad Jr. with 34. Bo Bichette at 31. So he's got That's 13 crazy. more than anybody close. That's crazy. I know it's not everything to hit the ball hard, but. That's what you want to do, That's though. the goal. And he hits the ball harder I mean, than anybody, is basically what that stat's saying. I mean, you watch him play every night, and he rarely miss hits like let's say it's like a slow roller. He doesn't do that at right. all. And rarely pops up. He barrels a lot. He barrels so many balls, man. And then even like you know the ones he missed yesterday, the ball he hit, I think it was in the top of the ninth yesterday. I was watching on TV. I was just like, "Are you kidding me?" Because off his yeah, his misses go to the track. Off his bat, it looked like he <laughs> hit it off the batter's eye again. And he yeah, missed it. His hit misses it go to the track, man. Yeah, yeah. Four oh six. I I didn't look at how, uh, that the 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 site that says how many parks that would have been out in, but I I would have guessed at least twenty. I'll look it up right now because I'm curious too. Because that was four oh seven, and he hit or he it was four oh seven, and he hit it just to the left of that sign, to the wall. Got caught it at the wall. I, I mean, like most parks are like four oh five to four ten to center, right? But I'm still guessing if he hit that one degree off on his exit or his launch angle or whatever, you know, it goes the extra 10 yeah, they feet got it a, needs to. They've got the flat, uh, the, that's kind of the squared off center field. It's not rounded. Oh yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's see where it is. They got a nice, they got a nice backdrop there. It's a lot like Arizona's with that monstrous green thing. By the way, did you see that where he hit that one on the top of the bat? He almost hit it over the batter's eye. Yeah. It was like two feet below the top of the batter's eye. Yeah, and people talk about the ball not flying in that park. It was flying this weekend, at least when he hit it. It's a nice park, dude. I like it. It's 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 a little too big, uh, just in general sense, but it's really comfortable and uh the light the 
the, the, the ceiling and the natural light and everything is so much better than some of the other domes. I really like it. And, and they say when it's open, we didn't get to see it open. They say when it's open, the whole thing moves in one piece. And that's all the girders and the beams and everything moves with it. So you can't even tell it's a dome when that whole piece is moved oh, over. Oh, really? Uh-huh. So they did a good job on kind it. Kind of like huge. Safe you could, like that. You could, yeah, it's, and Houston's like that too. It kind of folds over and one, then, it, then the whole piece, that piece that's folded over goes on top of the parking lot this thing is just one piece that moves but you got to have the kind of land that they have to build these things this you big. need the size most, of another stadium for that roof to hang over usually yeah most cities this would not work inside the town inside the city or like where where the Braves built truest park you couldn't build anything close to this big yeah. there but places like san francisco and all that the footprint is like half the size of this thing the concourses are just massive you know, so there's never like, you're never like walking around a food line to get through the concourse. It's so huge. I'm looking at this. Uh, he hit it. He hit that ball on the ninth, 101 at a 20. He hit it 395 feet. Would have been a homer in zero or 30 parks because of where he hit it. But I mean, right. 395, there was probably a home run in that game hit less than 395. Yeah, Garcia hit one. Yeah. Yeah, Garcia's. 376, and, uh, Rosario hit one 376, so he hit a ball farther than two of the home runs. Look at Rosario's uh, uh, exit velo. 96 miles an hour. <laughs> 96. It wasn't even a hard-hit ball, <laughs> technically. Just perfect spin, perfect angle on it. Yep, that's all it takes. But, yeah, there were some good signs. There were some good signs uh, from that Rosario, of course. And then, oh, uh, to see Riley hit that gap. That's but, huge. But to left center was huge because that's when he's on, when he's going, that's what he does, man. Yep. And that's what he did last night. So you've had him and Olsen slumping for a month, you know. So you get one of them going at least, and the other one maybe follows. But Riley, you know, it got so bad that Snit moved him down to fourth from third. He's going to leave him there for a little bit until he really gets going. But that's a nice sign of him to do that last night. I feel like it's the same story every year. You know, Riley gets in a slump. You hear all the announcers say he needs to go the other way. Then he blasts a couple yeah. balls into the right center gap. And then next thing you know, he's right back to normal hitting homers. But it's like the same thing over and over. And that's kind of how baseball is. You kind of you yeah. make an adjustment. It feels great. You overcorrect it. You take it to the point where it creates another problem. And you got to go back to this other thing that gets you locked in and kind of work your way right back through that whole cycle. Uh, Acuna's 425-footer last night followed uh, – Mammoth drives of 455 and 454 the previous two games. Um, oh, I said, I, 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 after the game, I said to uh, also Raleigh, I said, yeah, 425, man, for him. That's like, yeah, yeah, Raleigh goes, yeah, I know, weight room. <laughs> <laughs> Got it off the end a little. And, and Raleigh said, yeah, what he's done has been incredible. You catch yourself on the edge of your seat just watching every pitch, every swing, because you think something magical is going to happen. I do. I was, you know what, yesterday, I was like, I was going to switch TVs. I was watching TV in the living room. I was going to go outside. I ran to the bathroom, grabbed a soda, and I was like, shit, Acuna's up. I got to hurry. I don't want to miss his at bat. Yeah. And I walk in. Yes, because it might be on the first pitch. As soon as I got the TV on, it's just him rounding the bases. So I had to rewind to watch the homer. But that's exactly <laughs> the thing. It's like, if you don't watch when he's yeah. up there, you're going to miss something special. Yeah, and if you're going to a Braves game, you better be there by the bottom of the first at, at, at in Atlanta or the top of the first. At, on in your seat on the road. Yeah. Uh, 
Strider said he's the best player I've ever seen. I don't know what else there is to say. I don't think you can really do it justice. He's the best player in the game right now, and I'm just really glad he's on our team. I wonder if he's creeping into that Mike Trout category. I think he will. You know, where, I think he will. Like, for me, I heard about Mike Trout like this. People saying, you got to see him. He's the best. He's that. But I hadn't seen it. And then you see it in person. Like, if you would have happened to go to that series in Texas and watch him play for the first time. Yeah. You, You'd come away going, that's the best player in the game. Anybody in the stadium would have said that that guy's just on a whole other level than anybody I've seen this year. Yeah. Uh, the other really encouraging thing last night that got a little overshadowed because of RCA's ninth inning home run was Harris's throw. Ended up being decisive mm-hmm. because if he, if he doesn't th- make that throw, they score a second run on that play. Yep. They've got the lead. Arcia would have had to homer just to tie the thing to get yep. it extra innings. That was the th- kind of throw that Harris made a lot more last year. So it's probably a good sign he's getting his legs back under him. He's starting to swing the bat a little better, too. It's taking him a while to get going again. You know, he's a young guy, and he missed a month, and uh, it showed. He just didn't look like the same guys last year. And he's a lot bigger this year, too, more muscular legs and everything, put on a lot of weight. So to see him make that throw last night, and not only was it a perfect throw, but he made it so controlled and calm. Yeah, yeah, it was effortless. Yeah, it was like like he'd done it a million times, and it was right on the money, man. So that was a big, that was a big play. Because that would have really got them going, too, if they had scored two on that. That would have had a four-run inning. He was throwing balls upper yeah. 90s from the outfield, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah, so you got two arms that can probably throw a ball 100 miles an hour in your outfield. Oh, yeah, you got two-plus arms for sure. Yeah, he was another – he was a pitcher in high school that some teams wanted as a pitcher. So, um, so anyway, back to Olsen, because I wrote about him today. Uh, he goes over four – with two strikeouts last night. It's his fifth hitless game in seven. 17th multi-strikeout game this season. When he went, he was two for three with a hit by pitch on Tuesday. That was his first multi-hit game since May 2nd and the first game without a strikeout since April 25th. He's still got 10 homers, 30 ribbies, 491 slugging, but he's hitting 230 now. And in his last 27 games, he's 17 for 97. He's hitting 175. So he said... He said, we're still winning. We lost a few years lately, but we still got a good record. I feel like we've, we've, we haven't fully clicked on all cylinders, so that's a good thing. You just talking about him and Riley really kind of struggling. Uh, but he said, you know, the strikeout rate's unacceptable. Uh, he said, uh, hopefully we've corrected some stuff. I've tried to lower my hands a little bit. He said, I started missing under balls a lot, and subconsciously when I'm missing under stuff, I want to raise my hands and get on top of the pitch, when in reality – I think it was putting me in a spot where I was raising my hands and then I had to pull them down Mm -hmm. just to get to the slot I want to fire from. He said it was causing a bigger loop and taking me further away from getting on top of the ball. So it was kind of opposite of what he wanted to do by by doing that. He compared it to golf when your golf swing is kind of the opposite of what you think you'd want to do to like get a draw. He said it's kind of like that. Yeah, if you're in golf, if you're slicing it, a lot of times they'll try. They'll tell you to aim that way, and that'll change right. your club path to the point where it comes from inside the ball, and you stop. Um, you stop slicing. You might even hit a little bit of a draw. But you know, I think of it. It's like with you try to make those adjustments he's talking about, and if you don't have a good coach with you, you're not realizing what's happening. Like what's happening on on film might be completely right. different from how it feels. 
but it's such a frustrating game in that aspect because you're trying, you're understanding what's happening, but you're not understanding the why. You know, if you if you yeah. swing under the a fastball, if you're under the ball a lot, usually because you're late. It's not necessarily yeah. where your hands are starting. So you try to make this adjustment to get on top of the ball, and you're actually just taking your hands farther and making yourself later. And this is how, like, without the right coaches, you know, or just stabbing in the dark is what I always called it. Because as a pitcher, you do it. You just make a random adjustment. Sometimes it hits, sometimes it doesn't. But you're really just stabbing in the dark. When you have a really good coach that can tell you, no, we don't want to get him up farther than here because you're still swinging from this spot. Let's start your hands where you're swinging from. Then you're not going to be late. You know, so that'll fix the timing issue. But it's, man, it's a frustrating thing. And it's like with golf now with me, if I play shitty, I just play shitty. I don't care. And everybody else yeah. wants to tell you the swing tips and all the stuff you're doing wrong. I'm like, I don't care. I played this game of fixing and fine-tuning this craft for 15 years. I don't give a shit about golf. I'll never yeah. put myself <laughs> through the mental stress again of trying to fix something on a day-in, day-out right. basis. Right. Uh, yeah, like I said earlier, the, the, the surprising thing about it is that he was so good in the spring and I talked to him in the spring, and he had worked all winter to correct what he was doing wrong last year, where he was putting all his weight on. He was, you know, he's got that leg kick, and he was he was putting too much weight on his back leg, like getting all, really not balanced at all. All the weight was back there. Then he was having to kind of lunge, or him and Sites called it crash forward, and it would put him in a position where he couldn't get to balls. It was just it was t- taking him out of position completely, coming forward, so he was never really balanced. So he worked in soft season with that hitting coach here in town. Um, and use that golf thing where, where it measures where your weight is yeah. on each foot. And they really, and at spring training, it showed he looked great from day one at spring training. He had an amazing spring. He had 426, eight homers in 18 games, had a thousand slugging percentage, 59 OPS. It was the best in the majors, right? And then the first week and a half of the season, it kind of carried that into it, even though he was striking out, you know, 15 times in 11 games. But then it just kind of started unraveling a little bit. And, um, he said, uh, um, Seitz said, he's got a couple of things mechanically that we're trying to make some tweaks on. Seitz didn't want to get into it at the time I talked to him before the Texas series, but then Olsen went into it with, with me exactly. Seitz was off the record talking about it, but, but Olsen then said it on the record anyway, so it didn't matter, you know, about his hands being up. Um, but Seitz said, um, it's stuff that's getting him into a tough position to be able to fire on time, and he's getting beat on fastballs. He's having a hard time catching up to heaters, is what you were saying. So we're trying to make some adjustments to shorten him up. Yeah. You know, a lot of times, too, it's like your body just can't do that thing right now, and you, you create these bad habits to compensate. You know, it's, I think a lot of times it's easy when you're working through the offseason. You're not going through the grind of a major league season, beating your body up. You know, getting yeah. shortening certain levers and, and lengthening other ones. You you come into yeah. spring training with a fresh slate. You've let go of all the the muscle memory from the season before. You know, I almost felt like I had a new delivery every spring. But then you fall back into your old bad habits, and a lot of times those bad habits are you know physical limitations that you wind up kind of going into is like you're compensating for how you feel. This muscle's tired, and you get worn down. And all of a sudden, your swing's loopy. You know, it's. It, it's really easy to fall into these traps of one bad habit that you always go to. So if you can recognize what that bad habit is, you know, maybe this time he goes through it and he's finally like, okay, this visual clicks for it and he can minimize these slumps. But that's what the great players do. They, they find keys to get out of these things faster. And I think there's something too, and we've talked about this before too, 
the guys, the tall guys with the long levers and everything, tend to get out of their swing more than the guys, the short guys with the compact swings. It's just harder. There's a reason why there's not that many high average great hitters who are like six four, six five. Right. You know, sure there's exceptions like Judge, but look at the slump Stanton goes through. Yeah. You know? There most of the great hitters are like six two six foot to like six two. Right. You know? And they don't have real long arms. They're not lanky like Olsen. They're more bigger. You know, Olsen's uh, he's cut. He's a, he's but he's lanky. Yeah. You know, he's not built like a typical. The closer hitter, everything so. is to your body, the easier it is con- to control. Right, and he starts. You know, his arms are long, and he's got them out here. You know, yep. to begin with. So it's not like the guys with it all in right in here and short and right to the ball. Like Altuve. So. You know, it's like yeah. his, his limbs don't have yeah. a lot of places to go. I mean. And, and again, Acuna, we've talked about him. He's the unicorn of that because you look at his swing and it's like you couldn't teach that to an mm-hmm. average guy. He'd be lost at the plate trying to hit like Acuna. If there's little kids out there trying to hit like Acuna, it'd be like trying to hit like Freddie Freeman. It ain't going to work for you. Nope. You know what the most amazing thing in the world to me is? is because everybody's body works a certain way and people have yeah. their own things that just click for them. The fact that Charlie Morton just watched Roy Holiday highlights for an entire yeah. spring and just said, I'm yeah. doing that. And that it. might be the most impressive thing about Charlie of all time is he just just bit yeah. Roy Holiday's delivery and stole it. Like Exactly. <laughs> just stole his flow and wrote it. Uh, and now, two pigeons bemoaning the fact you can stream DirecTV satellite-free. You see this? A family watching baseball on DirecTV with no satellite dish in sight. Let's heckle them. You call that changing the channel? Choke up on the remote, buddy. I hope getting all these games on DirecTV makes up for your mother not pre-chewing your sunflower seeds. DirecTV has the most MLB games. Visit DirecTV.com. Claim based on total games offered on national and regional sports networks with choice package or higher. Availability of RSNs varies by zip code and package. High-speed internet service required. Terms and restrictions apply. As you've probably heard by now, we've teamed up with BetMGM this season. We'll be using BetMGM lines to make all of our picks, and we'll have special offers for our listeners each week. If you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC, and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic, plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager with BetMGM. Here's how it works. Download the BetMGM app and sign up using bonus code THEATHLETIC. Make your first deposit of at least $10. Place your first bet on any game and claim your voucher for a one-year subscription to The Athletic. See BetMGM.com for terms. U.S. promotional offers not available in D.C., Mississippi, New York, Nevada, Ontario, or Puerto Rico. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER. Available in the U.S. Call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY 467-369 in New York. Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP in Arizona. 1-800-327-5050 in Massachusetts. 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-981-0023 in Puerto Rico. First bet offer for new customers only in partnership with Kansas Crossing Casino and Hotel. Don't forget, if you haven't signed up for BetMGM yet, use bonus code THEATHLETIC and you'll get a one-year subscription to The Athletic plus up to a $1,500 first bet offer on your first wager. So, yeah, I, and I, I, mentioned, uh, I mentioned to Matt, to Olsen, about the, how the, the walks were so high, too. Even though he's on pace for 237 yep. strikeouts, he's got a ton of walks. And he said... That's going to happen when you're not getting pitches to hit and then not putting them in yeah. play when you do get them. Yeah. He said, he said you're fouling them off or swinging through them. Yeah. I've gone deeper in counts. I'd be willing to bet. I'm, I, he goes, I've, I, there's probably a stat on that. I'd be willing to bet I'm up there on pitches seen because for, of the same reason. I'm going deep into counts and either walking or striking out and missing the pitches that should already be in play. 
So I looked it up after he said that. He had 4.43 pitches per plate appearance, his fifth highest in the NL before yesterday. Yeah, because he's not – yeah, that's a good – I've never really looked at it that way, but – you know, that that tells you somebody's pretty critical of himself that's drawn a lot of walks and says, Yeah, because I'm missing the <laughs> I'm yeah. missing the meatballs and I have to yeah. battle for the rest of that bat. I've never looked at it like yeah. that. He's got thirty RBIs, but he's hitting he's been dreadful with runners in scoring position this year. It's kinda like if he had ten more hits and runners in scoring position and was hitting, you know, two forty instead of one eighty or whatever he's hitting, he'd have forty five RBIs. Yeah. So yeah, but like you said, he's going to get it going. And when he does, I mean, this offense is still it's still been producing runs with Riley and him slumping. Yeah, that's how deep this lineup is, man. Yeah, because because now you got Albie's hitting, Acuna's continued to hit. Uh, you got guys like Pilar who's made the most of his opportunities. He's hitting. Murphy, of course, has surpassed all expectations yeah. offensively so far. So Murphy, you know, is going to level off some. He's not going to OPS a thousand. And then Olsen's going to hit. It's going to hit a little better. So this lineup, in the in the end result, it's going to be an offense that keeps. I think is probably going to be. I don't want to say slump proof because they're going to go through a stretch where they don't score at all. Somebody, you're always going to have guys that could step up. But they're going to have. They're not going to go uh, two or three weeks where they're not scoring like some teams do. No, but see, and that's the funny thing guys. is, I mean, there's kind of the assumption that that Murphy will cool off just because how he's been. I mean, it's. We haven't seen him long enough to think this is just what he does, but with I watch Acuna and I'm like, this doesn't really feel out of the realm of yeah. normal for him. It doesn't. I, I mean, you know he's hitting I mean? 345 with an OBP like in the mid 400s, but I'm I, not even I, impressed. I, I feel like I feel like he could do it. I feel like he could keep it yeah. up. <laughs> yeah, I'm not even. I'm not even that. I'm not, it's not that I'm not impressed, but I'm not. I'm not shocked by it or. It doesn't seem yeah. like he's even – I don't see him getting a lot of bloop singles or, you know, no. easy at bats. It's like – It's like watching Tony Gwynn hit 340. Yeah, it's just like what he does. It doesn't feel fluky at all. He just does it. <laughs> yeah, that's that's probably the most – that's probably the scariest fact for the rest of the league is it doesn't even feel like he's hot or cold when he's doing this. It's just normal. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, and, and they tre- keep trying to get him off the plate. He keeps getting pitched in. Yep. And uh, he stays right there, man. That's that might be the biggest change, honestly. Is it hasn't it hasn't I think, been I think the messing with him. I think the pitch clock's helping him in that regard. Yeah. Oh, because he has he to get. He can't yeah, get yeah. out and walk around. Yeah. I think it's been better. It gets him focused back on the next pitch. Yep. Don't worry about all the other crap. If you don't get hit, he's got to be back in there. Yeah. You can only call timeout so many times. He's got to get back in there, and I think that's to his benefit. Yeah. Yeah, because he when would. He's not distracted. He would spice it up a little after those and kind of milk it, yeah. walk around, and let you know how pissed he was. But or get angry and all that. I think he's having to get locked back in yeah. instead of getting you know angry and looking at the pitcher and all that. I think he's better for the pitchers. Would probably be better off if he was walking around. Oh yeah, angry. Well, and, I want to see that. You know, you want to you want to believe that that pitch had an effect on a hitter. So when when right. they they dust themselves off and they stare out at you, you're like, oh okay, he's pissed. Now, now I'm going to throw a changeup down the way, and he's hacking if it's anywhere close because he wants to hurt me now. You know, like, yeah. and even if he's not having that mindset, that's what I'm thinking. So it gives me more confidence. But when you throw that pitch and the hitter just like looks at it like, it was a bitch ass fastball. Yeah. That thing doesn't scare me. And they dig right back in. You, you, it reminds me of that, the video of the, the, the all time video of Albert Bell getting hit. 
and refusing to go to first base because yes. <laughs> he wanted it. He's like, they told the ump, oh, I'm not, oh. the ump's like, what are you doing? He's like, no, he wanted to hit. He wasn't going to go to first base. This went on for like 30, 45 seconds. They made him go. That hurt as a pitcher. <laughs> it, it like clearly hit him too. It wasn't one of those that hit his jersey. It hit him. Yeah. I posted a, I posted a link to, uh, it was from TBS, Braves on TBS. I love some of the videos they had. But they got the video yesterday. They ran the video of Maddox drilling Jose Canseco in a game where like five guys got hit. Maddox is in the ninth inning. He's got a complete game. He's about to finish it off. And he hits Canseco in the ninth inning. No way. Brushes him back. He missed him. Canseco got out of the way. Then he throws another one and hits him. And Canseco's like looking at him walking. And Maddox just like walks to him going like this. He's licking his fingers going. What? <laughs> and the bench is clear. Did you post that? Man, the brace. You watch. I posted it. Look at it, man, because it's awesome. The Braves come out of the dugout. Braves are throwing their gloves down, man. Guys are throwing their gloves down like, let's go. <laughs> Bobby Bo. See, that, Bobby that used Bo to be some Braves. of the most entertaining baseball. Now, after two awesome. guys get hit, everybody's ejected. You know, I miss, I miss that it, so much. I miss it so much. Bobby Bo was a Brave that year. Bobby Bo's right in the middle of it, man. They're holding him back. It's great stuff. But the, my favorite part of it might have been Walt Weiss gets drilled after Maddox throws it. I'm trying to find the Braves it. Had like three, the Braves had like three guys get hit. Walt Weiss gets hit, gets hit hard, doesn't even hesitate, tries to first, goes to runs to first base. It's like, yeah, whatever. It's great. It's a great scene, man. But, yeah, it's like a it's like a two-minute video, and the commentary is great. Not, what's it, what'd you and, post it on? With, with Skip and Pete. I, tw- I tweeted the link. Oh, I didn't see it. Look at it. Go back to uh, uh, let me see. I'll look at it. I'll look at it tonight. Yeah, look at when we get off this yeah. thing because it is it's awesome. It's awesome. It shows everything that led up to it too. They did a great job of editing it all together, and it was one of those classic things. And uh, oh, and Larry Rothschild. Oh my God, he loses it. He loses it. He comes out and he's going because because they didn't throw Maddox out. Larry Rothschild's coming out yelling like this, and Diaz. It's it's last. Is it, this is twenty years ago and it's last. Really? Yes. And Larry Rothschild is yelling at him, and like he kind of turns away from him. Larry grabbed him. I, Larry had to have gotten suspended because he touched him. And Diaz just like you can't touch me like that. And it, yeah, but Larry's losing it. Yeah, it's a Larry's it's a shame totally that it. you know it's. I used to love when it was kind of like a almost a pissing contest of who's going to flinch first and teams just hitting each other yeah. back and forth. And then finally, you know, it's going to boil or somebody's going to stop doing it. But I used to love that side of the game. And, and Larry basically told him, you know, that uh, Maddox hits a guy. He goes, Maddox can put it, you know, put it down. A, 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 yeah, it's not an accident if he does it. A Nat's tit, you know, and he's, and he's hitting a guy in the ninth inning. So it's like he was, and it's so true. It's so clearly Mattis is throwing at him. It's so, it's awesome. I'll watch it. Ninth inning, Mad Dog's in there still throwing at guys. That you gotta love Mad Dog. But yeah, it's good stuff. Anyway, all right. Well, Braves are off today, and they got another big series, man. This is a hell of a stretch here of some big interleague series and and big series just overall because I got the Mariners coming to town for three. Mariners are not. Have been a disappointment so far this year, but they got some, they got some players. Yeah, they're in that they're in that phase where the rebuild's either going to pay off or it's going to have been a waste of time. 
They had some expectations this year, though, so far. Yeah, but, uh, you know, they still got Houston in their division. The nice thing is there's those extra yeah. wild card spots, but Houston's just so good. Yeah, going to have two of uh, – going to have arguably the best two young players in the game on the field. Oh, Julio, you know what? He's probably as close as it gets to Acuna right now as far as just yeah. young, uh, exciting talent. Five tools. Yeah, he's just a specimen. He hit some bombs. He the balls he was hitting in the home run derby last year were crazy. But yeah, yeah, I think they're every bit yeah. as excited about him as Braves fans are about Acuna, and rightfully so. Yeah, they gave him that contract. Jesus, it kind of dwarfs Acuna's if they if it goes if he doesn't opt out or whatever. They that's a big old contract. But the Braves will uh, as we get deeper into this thing if Acuna becomes what we think, or if he just stays what he is right now, he stays healthy. <laughs> if he becomes then, what he already is. <laughs> at a certain point, I could see the Braves uh, not tearing up the contract. Adding to it. But, in, but adding to yeah. it to bring his pay, his average annual value up a lot more. How, how long is this deal right now? What, what year is it it's through? Still, oh, it's got, it's got, what, five, six more years? Something like that? Yeah, I'd have to look at it because it was a, it was a, with two option years, it ended up being a what ten year ten deal? year deal. Yeah, wasn't that it? Yeah, I mean, some teams have done that. Uh, I mean, he's, he's so special. They wouldn't do it with many guys, but he's so special that I could see him. It was an eight year, hundred million dollar deal, and then with the options that it could end up being, you know, uh, one hundred twenty four or something like that. Do you remember the contract yeah, Evan Longoria signed? Yeah, it was something like. Seven years, thirty million. It was like Aussies. Yeah, and he yeah. stuck it out with them. But I don't know if they eventually. He signed that it up like or... he signed that like after a week in the majors or something, yeah. right? Yeah, Hitsky told him to do it. <laughs> Did he? Yeah. Acuna's peaks at seventeen million dollars, man. Peaks. I mean, if he just if he just plays like he is right now, as he gets to closer to free agency. He's a he's a forty five million dollar player. Oh, easy. You know. I don't know. I mean, it's there's something about the I don't see for him. I don't see it, but there's something about the security for a lot of players where when they want to complain or say if I didn't sign this deal, I'm like, yeah, but the confidence it gave you and the freedom it gave you to play your way and the way you play, like when you, he was recovering from when he was recovering from ACL surgery. Yeah, that that's contract true. was looking pretty that's good true. to him about then. Yeah, and he could have come back from that and it. never been the same. Because he had doubts, he said he had doubts in his mind about whether he was yeah. going to make it back. Yeah, now, I don't. I find that hard to believe that he really doubted if he was oh, going to make it back. But that's what he said. You have so much doubt when, when every single day, every day you feel yeah. like just you're doing the same shit, and you and it feels shitty again, and you're working right. and working right. and working, it feels shitty, and it's been six months, which to you feels like three years, and you go to run and right. it's still not there. I'm sure he had doubts. So imagine if he had not signed that contract, right? So. And then Max Freed. Yep. Imagine if he had, if he had if he had an extension right now, yeah. even if it was undervalued. Yeah. How much better he'd be feeling right now. Yeah. So that's why I don't I don't necessarily buy the. I don't. I mean, you got to honor your contract, and it doesn't seem like Ozzy last year. Two Ozzie, broken yeah. thing, Two broken bones. It it doesn't seem like he's that's upset happens. about it or complained or expressed anything. He hasn't complained one time. I haven't heard anybody say. That he's talked to them about it either. Other players, you know, other players will tell you, yeah, he's not real happy. I haven't heard one thing about him, about Acuna being 
angry or anything else about it. Yeah. I mean, he's handled himself in the clubhouse terrific. Yeah. He's been great. He really has. Yeah. And it's that's kind of the that's the risk the team took that he doesn't heal from that ACL and they play a dude they pay a dude a hundred million for a couple good seasons. Yeah, or, or yeah, he doesn't come back at, at the same guy, and you're paying him for eight more years oh, or six more years. You know, if, if it, but if even if he was the player he was last year, it'd still be a good contract for the Braves. Oh yeah, he's still a seventeen million dollar player. <laughs> yeah. yeah, but that's what he is—a seventeen million dollar player. <laughs> anyway, all right, we'll, we'll do this again after the uh, Mariner series, and uh, we'll see where they where the Braves are. They're piecing this thing together, man, with three starters. Soroka's getting closer. Jeff went up there. Jeff Schultz did a column today. You guys should read that. He went up to Memphis and saw him pitch yesterday. You know, the stuff's there. The command's just not there yet. And they want to make sure it is before they bring him up here because they want him to stick. Even though they have that urgent need right now, they don't want to change their plans just to do that. I I, I think that's a good idea that they're not – that he's not uh, – uh, they're not changing their plans with him just because of their need that they have because he'll be up – he'll be up sooner than later. Schuster pitched did a lot better the other day. wasn't a great start, but it was a lot better. So, that uh, Bryce Elder going Friday. So, we'll see if we can keep it going. All right, seven fifty five is real. We're out. Thanks everybody.